Welcome to the FinPro Business Podcast, where you'll receive sales, marketing, and business building tips from industry leaders that will help you take your business to the next level. Head over to FinProBusiness.com to receive your free business breakthrough session. Now, here's your host, the -the in-the-trenches fitness business owner, Andy Salazar. up fit pros i want to welcome you to another episode of the fit pro business show thank you for tuning in this is a new series where i'll be interviewing in the trenches fitness business owners and we're going to be learning about their start in the fitness industry their successes and their struggles with their business as well as what keeps them motivated so if you're wanting to move your business forward faster and learn from business owners that are currently doing it and then stay tuned in today i'm interviewing mickey jogolef how's it going mickey uh it's going pretty good thank you for having me i'm excited yeah, I'm super pumped about this new series, just talking about talking shop, basically, letting other fitness business owners know what um, we're doing in our businesses that are current, is currently working, what we're trying that maybe hasn't worked, as well as just what overall, what the pulses of our businesses right now and how that they can either, I don't know where they're starting at or where they're at in their business journey, but they can learn from, we can all learn from one another and continue to grow. Sure. I love that. So tell me, how did you guys get started in the fitness industry? Uh, so probably my, my jump into the fitness industry is probably different than most. I was, so me and my wife opened a gym together. And prior to that, my experience was in construction. So I, I had no real experience in the fitness industry. I hadn't even really been in a gym for probably 10 plus years. So I went from never going to the gym to opening one. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so like I, like I said, my background was in construction I had a really big lifestyle transformation though. And so I personally got involved with fitness. I wasn't doing it as a business. I wasn't really doing it as a profession, but it definitely helped me turn my life around. I was at a point where I was 245 pounds. I was extremely overweight, unhealthy, unhappy. I was uh, drinking excessively. Um, I didn't necessarily like who I saw when I looked in the mirror and definitely didn't like what I saw when I looked in the mirror. And so, um, I had a friend that kind of gave me a wake-up call. was like, hey, look, you should do something. Get your life under control. Uh, and he challenged me to, to go to the park and uh, do a pull-up. And he's like, if you do a single pull-up, then I'll, I'll leave it alone. And me being a construction worker at the time, I was like, all right, I'm pretty strong. We can do this. And so we went to the park, and I couldn't even hold on to the bar. And so for me, it was, like, super humiliating. And he was like, if you want, I can, I can help. Like, maybe we can do some stuff. We can meet up after work and kind of work out, do some things. And so... And that just turned into small daily habits, changing the way that I, you know, live my life. I drank, drank a lot less because I was being active after work and then drinking a lot less made to other, you know, healthy or responsible choices, you know, cooking food instead of going out to eat. Right. All that stuff. And then the more I did, the better I felt and the better I wanted to feel. So then I started to learn more about it. So just dove into education on how I can improve uh, myself physically, mentally. And then it kind of overflowed into every other area of my life. That eventually led to me doing a Spartan race, which is where I met my wife. We actually met on course at a race. Oh, wow. And uh, her dream was to open a gym. So she was a prior ER nurse. She did that for about a decade. And her goal was to transition out of the ER so that she could help people before they needed to go to the ER because right. a lot of what she treated was things that could be changed with lifestyle. And um, I was, you know, on that journey prior to meeting her was like, hey, look, like I was changing myself. And in turn, I was like changing people around me. I, at that point, I had helped my mom lose uh, about 115 pounds. 
and I had learned a lot. And so I was like, all right, like, that's cool. I, I, I had a big heart for wanting to help people. Yeah. I had no experience in, you know, fitness industry. So we were just hard workers. We decided yeah. in February of 2017 that we would open a gym and we put our heads down and went to work in, uh, Six months later, we actually opened the doors to our facility. So we, um, you know, like put together a business plan, looked for funding, found a location, built it all out, and then opened our doors, like I said, in about six months. And then that's when the real hard work started, honestly. <laughs> uh, putting the gym together, opening the doors, getting all that stuff was super easy, especially with the background in building, like doing all that, like that was to me. Like, all right, I could, I could, put, a, I could put together a building. Uh, filling it and helping people was a completely different story. Right. So ultimately it started with your passion. You're passionate about fitness and helping people. And then that branched into obviously your wife wanted to start business as well or help people before they got sick. And then once you opened up the doors, it's about how you're going to drive. You know, sometimes that passion isn't enough, not enough to get people in the door. How are you going to get people in the door so you can actually run a sustainable business? And just to backtrack a little bit, what was the name of your um, guys' business? Uh, Our gym is called Just Go Lift. And where are you guys located? We're just south of downtown San Diego. That's awesome. So ultimately, like I was saying, you have to fill those doors. It's not, it's not enough just to be good as a, at what you do at your profession. You have to be good at bringing business in the doors if you want to stay sustainable. For sure. And then and knowing, knowing who it is that you want to help. So for us, it was like we, we definitely made a huge mistake when we first opened mm-hmm. assuming that there, our customers were going to be like us, which we are very... Uh, self-motivated, driven. Hey, look, like when we go to the gym or when we work out, it's like I had been working out prior to that, just not in the gym. So I was like, I was one of the rare people that was motivated enough to work out at home or drive to a park or run somewhere and do something anyway. And so most people aren't like that. Most people, when they show up to the gym, they either want to work with a trainer, they want a group fitness environment, uh, or they at least want a program or something to follow. And so like when we opened our doors, we were 100% open gym which is non-traditional for a box style gym because we're a 4,300 square foot facility, uh, nothing but free weights. Uh, so dumbbells, barbells, uh, more like functional training, not mm-hmm. necessarily CrossFit, just functional training. Um, we also have a lot of aggressive things because we want to help people get ready for obstacle course races. So high rigs, uh, untraditional style training. And so it was like, all right, cool. We just want people to come in and do their thing. But most people don't know what that means. So we have a member signing up and they're like, well, what do I do? all right, just work out. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they were unfamiliar with that. So uh, we kind of learned as we was like, all right, like if we're going to keep people here, we're going to actually help them. We have to show them what to do. So we started putting on, you know, classes and working with people to, to train them. And then as we, you know, started, we, we developed different levels of service. So from, you know, group training or individualized training mm-hmm. to uh, bringing in nutrition and then working with people on creating more of a, a whole lifestyle around it. So not just changing uh, the way that they look on the outside or the way that they kill themselves in the gym, um, but how they live their lives. Right. I don't know about when you guys were starting your business, but I know when I was starting my business, I, I had a really young family and um, I was working for somebody else and I just got tired of, of I guess, I want, I want to say being mistreated, but not being getting paid what I, I felt my value was. And I was like, I can do this thing, stuff on my own. So I remember coming to my wife and being like, hey, I want to start my own business. We had like a two-year-old and like a newborn <laughs> at home. And she's like, uh, okay. Like, and she was a stay-at-home mom. And so she's like, show me the numbers. Like, show me how you're going to provide a living for us. You know, we had a home already at the time. 
So I laid it all out. Like I need this many clients to actually be able to pay our bills as well as pay for a small little studio. And so when I first opened up the studio, I was a 400 square foot little studio and I was doing like one or two clients at a time. And I was in that studio for about eight months. So we started with really super low overhead. Um, like I want to say that it was like less than around a thousand dollars was my overhead. But the point I'm trying to make is that when I was doing that, I did what's called zero based thinking or like worst case scenario thinking. And, and I think that's important for a lot of guys. I don't, like I said, I don't know where you're starting your journey if you're just thinking about starting your personal training business, but I'm using that zero, zero based thinking or a worst case scenario thinking. The worst case scenario for me was if business doesn't work out, I can just go work for somebody else. I can, you know, get right back on my feet with by working. So, that was the worst case scenario. If it doesn't work out and I can't make any money, then I just go work, go back to work. So how did you guys go about that plan? Like, you know, what happens if this doesn't work out or what were some of your guys' thoughts going into it when you guys were starting your business? Uh, so for us, we were, you know, very like when, when I do something, I'm 100% all in. I didn't necessarily have the drive in regards to like, I don't like, I've never had a traditional job. I've worked for myself since I was 17. So like, okay. or even younger, like I, I, I started in construction because everyone in my family did construction. I was running my, my own job sites by the time I was 13. I oh, was wow. full time as an independent contractor by the time I was 17. So I never really had that. Like, I don't need a boss or I can do this better. Cause like, that's kind of how I was raised. Like, Hey, look, if you want to make money, you can get a job and then you can do it. <laughs> right. different and so like I also never really felt the need to like what's a fallback because my entire life I had just been like if I made the decision to do something we did it my wife was a little bit different because she had spent so much time and energy investing into nursing career right right so when we first opened she was gonna she she wanted to do both I was like all right like I will nurse until this gets off the ground and then once it's good uh, I'll transition from nursing part-time to doing the gym or the fitness industry uh, 100% full-time. And then about two months into it, uh, she made the decision to switch that up. I was like, Garrett, look, like I'm giving my, her attention was split too much because yeah. she was, when she was at the gym, she was worried about getting ready to go back to the hospital. When she was at the hospital, she was worried that the gym was all right. So I was like, all right, like if the gym is going to succeed and this business is going to succeed, then we're going to go 100% all in on it and not put any mental energy on anything else. So we did have to sit down and take a look at like what that looks like but once we had our eye on a target on like, what is it that we're doing? How does it look? We didn't put any energy anywhere else. So it wasn't like, all right, um, there was no, you know, just the tip or half in or we're going to try this. No foot in the door. It was just like, all right, like if we're going to do this, all of our energy's in because we felt like if it wasn't, then we were destined to fail or we wouldn't do it as well as we could. Because if we're getting anything less than 100%, then we're not going to get 100% out of it. Right. I, th- I think that's true too. Like when uh, you get comfortable in your businesses, when things start to taper down, that's why it's important to stay uncomfortable in your business and keep learning and growing and keep striving for new goals and new um, numbers that you want to reach. Because ultimately, if, once you start getting comfortable, you start not worrying about as many leads coming in. And then before you know it, you don't, you know, you've lost some clients and then you're trying to pick back up on leads. So I think it's important for fitness business owners that are in the grind and running their business on a regular basis to keep, you know, stay in that uncomfortable, uncomfortable zone. Like when you, like when I first started my business, man, I needed clients like ASAP. Like I was like on the phone calling previous clients. I was going to networking events. Like it's important to 
keep that going in your business so that you can continue to grow, so that you can continue to have an ample amount of leads, even if you're completely booked. If you, it's even more demanding for somebody if they think they can't get in to see you. So um, stay ambitious and stay um, desperate for new business. Yeah, I mean, we, we're, we're always looking for ways that we can better serve, um, you know, our, our target audience as well as the people that we have. So we, we've transitioned to, I mean, we do, we do mostly one-on-one customized training now when we're in the facility. And then we also work with people nationwide for custom nutrition and fitness. And so the way that we attack fitness or helping people improve their overall health is by taking a hard look at their life or having them look in the mirror and say like, Hey, look, like realistically, how often do you like, I like realistically, how often will you work out? Not ideally, how would you like to work out, but like a realistic look at what you're willing to do, um, both workout wise and then food wise, and then showing how to utilize what's real in their life to get the results that they want. Because if we set them up with a plan that is ideal, but not realistic, they're not going to succeed. So working with them, in a way that will allow them to actually adhere to a program so they don't have to change their entire life to meet an unrealistic goal. We work with them so like, hey, look, we can create a program that will fit and integrate into your life so you can have long-term sustainable success. Because if you're going to integrate habits to become healthy, you have to maintain those habits to stay healthy. There's nothing like you can't do something to get healthy and then stop doing it and expect to stay healthy. So showing them how to get healthy in a way that they can do for the rest of their life and the way they enjoy it. So it's not like, hey, look, I have to sacrifice this uh, because if they sacrifice something that's too great, eventually they will want to go back to that. Right. And so just like working with them both either in person or nationwide, uh, virtually um, around you know their schedule, what it is they're looking to accomplish. And how is it that you guys are going about um, isolating who your target market is and actually reaching them? Uh, where or what do you mean specifically? Just in general, like who your target market is for your business, like who you guys want to serve, and how are you bring them in, bringing them into the business and getting them to sign up for your business as, and as well as continue uh, with your with your guys's business. So our, our specific target is people that feel like they've tried everything and nothing works, uh, or they're too busy to make it work. Because for most people, like a lot of these, our our ideal client are people that feel like, hey, look, like. This is just unrealistic. I have, you know, I have a family, I have a business, or um, I'm on the go all the time. I travel, I do this, whatever. And being healthy or developing a routine is is not realistic. So we show them, hey, look, like you can do it even with a busy schedule. Um, you know, being a business owner, you know, we have very seems like we have very few hours in the day. So like, right. if we manage to maintain our health, we can show you how to do the same. Uh, and then people that also feel like they've been beating their head against the wall. They've tried every fat diet or every extreme workout or whatever. And no matter what they do, they either can't get the weight off or they can't keep it off. So showing those people how to truly make it a lifestyle and get off the, you know, roller coaster of just like doing anything that comes their way. Right. And I'm sure since you guys have opened your guys' business, you guys have made some mistakes as well. I know that I've made quite a few mistakes uh, in my business. Like one of the things that I did um, about five years into my business, I thought, hey, if I open up another location, then I can drive more people to it and I'll make more money. But um, and so I did that and I opened another studio in a small in a town right next to my um, current studio. And it was another small facility. I thought, I've got this system down. I just need to bring in a couple of trainers. Well, problem was I had my own personal systems down, but I didn't have the trainers lined up. And so it was me were basically working mornings at one studio and evenings in the other studio. And it just turned into a giant mess 
probably ended up costing me around overall about $30,000 in equipment. So that was a huge mistake. And that was because I didn't have systems in place to know that I was going to be able to do make that happen. Um, so what are some of the mistakes that you guys have made and what advice can you give fitness business owners to not make that same mistake? Um, I think we honestly, we probably make mistakes every day. <laughs> uh, but I mean, we learn from all of our, all, you know, everything that we do. Uh, I think we're, we're not necessarily scared of making mistakes, which is probably why we learn and grow a little bit faster right. than normal persons. Cause it's like, Hey, look, I would rather make a, make a decision and make a move than uh, be stuck here fearing that I'm going to make the wrong decision. It's like, all right, we'll try this. Doesn't work. All right, screw it, whatever. Um, but our biggest mistake probably was we, so we, like I said, a lot of what we do now is online and the facility is 100% private use. Uh, and we made that transition a little bit earlier this year. Before that, we were running, uh, you know, back-to-back classes in the facility. We were uh, fully staffed. We had a whole bunch of members, sales team, all that like fun stuff. And then when we, you know, like our forethought for what our business, what we wanted to do as well as the fitness industry as a whole was, like, hey, look, there's going to be a lot more emphasis online. And would like to be able to give, um, you know, top tier coaching through our brand to people outside of our local area and give them, you know, a really good service so that we wanted to start building that out. And like I said before, like when we do something, we go all in. So like we were like, all right, we're going to do this. We mapped out how we wanted to do it. And then we went in and we were just like, all right, like we fired our whole team. We fired all of our members. We were just like, hey, look, like we're going 100% all in. And it was just a little premature. We didn't build the base that we needed to online in order to make that transition. And like, I say that like slightly making exaggeration. We didn't go in and just tell them, we're like, we're shut down. We say, hey, look, we're, <laughs> we're, we're transitioning. This is how we're going to work with you. Yeah. Uh, so we offer the trainers like, hey, look, like if you want to come, this is what we're doing. And same with our in-person members that are doing classes. Like, hey, look, if you're doing classes, this is how we can do it. Because group fitness, like in our opinion, um, is great. It can get you started, but it's limited on where it can take you. So it's like, all right, like if you would like to go, and reach your ultimate goal. This is how we can do it. This is how we're going to work together. We were able to bring a whole bunch of people over with us. Anyone that wasn't feeling it with us, like that still wanted that group aspect. Uh, we have, you know, gyms that we are good friends with in the area. Like, Hey, look, we recommend them. And so we kind of made sure that everyone was taken care of. We didn't leave anyone hanging. Uh, but we did definitely make a hard shift when we didn't have the revenue to back it in the beginning. So there's a couple months of just like building back up because yeah. we had momentum before. And we shifted way too early before we had the support uh, to be able to make that shift. And that was just because like, we got super excited. We're like, this is what we want to do. Uh, and now like things are a lot better, but there was definitely a couple, a couple like hard months yeah. of building without having the reoccurring revenue that we had had before because we had cut it off prior to, you know, rebuilding it. Right. I know like for fitness business owners that are like been running their businesses for a while and they've been kind of set in a specific way of training or a specific sort of um, clientele that they've been servicing, but maybe they feel like they're in, they're needing to make a shift in their business. It can be really, really difficult, even just as far as changing your pricing. What I know you guys are all in when you guys made this decision. What advice can you give somebody that maybe is having some fear around making changes in their business, even though they know that it's necessary, but something's holding them back? Um, I'm Realistically, most of the time for us in regards to finding the, the right answer is usually driven by asking the right question. So like if, if, you, if you feel like you need to raise your prices, but you're scared of raising your prices, like why does that scare you? Do you not think that your service is that like is of that value or do you think people aren't willing to pay that or like, what is it? 
And so like a few things, one, like if it, if it's price dependent and you're like, Hey, look, like you want to raise your prices, but you're scared that like you wouldn't pay that much. If you wouldn't pay that much for your service, you are always going to sell or offer your service in a way that's going to reflect that. And so, but you do also have to take into consideration, like your customers, your clientele, your, the people that you're targeting don't have the same knowledge that you have. So like what you may consider common knowledge, they may consider extremely valuable. So you didn't necessarily sell from your position, you sell from their position, right? right? Uh, but then also like being 100% secure that and if it's, if you like, if you're not comfortable selling at a higher price, then don't do it. But if you do have a, if a hard time of like, Hey, look, like ask yourself, why is this difficult for me? Right. Um, and then any, any other pivot is just like, or any other like change knowing like what's one, like what's the worst case scenario that can happen? What's the best possible outcome that can happen? And like, if you were to, if you were to stay on the path that you're doing, where would it take you? And if you were to make the pivot, where is it going to take you? And so like, if the pivot is going to be better um, for your business, for quality of life, uh, for monetary gain, um, then it would actually be a waste of time and money to continue doing what it is you're doing. Like, so say if you're, if you're currently earning, you know, $25,000 a month in what you're currently doing, and then you know that with this new venture in a matter of six months, you have the potential to be earning $35,000 every month that you don't switch, you are potentially wasting that $15,000. Right. Uh, and so just taking a hard, like logistical look at what it is you want to do different than an emotional look. Cause most of the time people don't want to pivot because of how invested they are. Like when my right. wife was thinking about leaving nursing, like she had 10 years of working experience as well as the years of schooling. Like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to throw away, you know, 10 to 14, 15 years of my life to do something new. Like that's scary. Because like, does that make that time in my life a waste? No, not really. Yeah. But for some people, that's what they think. Oh, I wasted all that time, energy, money. Not really. But like, so just looking at it more logically instead of emotionally. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think also too, staying focused on what your long-term vision is for your business. And if you're in business, like you have to constantly evolve and change to stay relevant, to keep growing. Um, I'm just like, I know you've experienced that and I know I have in my business as well. For sure. Now, I know you guys are seeing some success. What do you think has been the biggest contributor to your guys' success? Uh, seeing what, I, like, being honest about what works. Because, like, for us, like, our business is extremely different from how we had viewed it when we first started. If we would have stuck with what we wanted at first, we would have shut extremely fast. Uh, because, like, we were open, we opened with the expectation to serve clients like us. But the reality is there's not a lot of clients like us. So it was like, all right, like who actually needs our help and how can we help them? And then once you start helping them, it's like, all right, like what is getting the best possible result? And then what out of that am I willing to continue doing at greater levels? So I'm not saying that you should uh, sacrifice your, you know, your goal, your quality of life to meet someone else's need, but you do have to find the, the middle where it's like, all right, like what is best serving my customer and what am I willing to do? Uh, and then execute on that one thing. And so like being as, as, as clear and intentional uh, and concise as you can be, don't offer 50,000 different services. The simpler your menu is and the better you can execute on that one thing that best serves your customer. And also you enjoy doing like do that. 
I think too what served, has served you so well is that you came from it as an in, in as an independent contractor, you know, going out and making your own money, not relying on somebody else. And for a lot of guys that are maybe working for somebody else and wanting to start their own business, or that are currently working in a job, regular job where they're getting an actual paycheck, it can be a little bit scary to make that transition into be you being solely responsible for bringing in your own income. Um, so I think that probably has been a a big boost for you as far as like how successful you guys have been, what sort of advice could you give somebody that needs to, you know, is wanting to make that jump to maybe starting their own business or go from working for somebody else to doing their own thing to not worry, to believe in themselves that they can actually go out there and make the income that they desire. Uh, the reality is like for most people that it, it can be or should be fairly liberating, right? Like, the paycheck that you're bringing home now was potentially limited or there's a cap. Whereas like if right. you're in control, then there is no ceiling. They're like, you can go as high as you want, but people fear moving towards that because a false sense of security, right? Like they think that their paycheck is guaranteed. And the reality is it doesn't matter. You can, you can be at a job for 10, 15, 20 years and your paycheck is not guaranteed. And so right. like, I have to go out and earn my money just like you actually put in work and earn your money. But the difference is you think that your paycheck is guaranteed. Um, I know that mine is not. So I go out and try to work for it and I can just control how big the paycheck is. Whereas like for you, there's the potential for it to be capped. You don't necessarily have control over the size of the paycheck that you bring home unless you're willing to do like more hours, bonuses or whatever. But still, that is typically dictated by somebody else, not you. Uh, And so like if you are thinking or like worried, it's just that the reality is that like, you can just as easily fail at something that you feel is safe and secure as you can uh, following your dream. So like if the potential for failure or not getting the check is there either way, you might as well start doing what it is that you want to do. uh, Because like I said, the potential to not bring home a paycheck is there either way. Right. Yeah. And I listened to a show called every day is Saturday. It's another podcast. And basically the guy says the same thing. He's like, you're going to a job every day and hating it and not doing what you want to do that you're passionate about. And, you know, you're working for somebody else when you can be out there doing your own thing that you're passionate about serving people that you want to serve and ultimately having an impact on their lives as well as them going to, they're going to have an impact on your life. Yeah. Well, like I said, like most of the time the, the hard transition is like, Hey, look, like if every week you're bringing home, you know, a couple thousand dollars or a couple hundred dollars at a job, because that has been consistent, you assume that it will be consistent. But that is just an assumption because um, the company could go under, your boss could get a wild hair up as whatever and <laughs> let you go. Uh, a client can get mad and make a complaint and then you could leave. Like there's all kinds of things that could happen that could result in you not having that job. There could be cutbacks, there could be you know economic, right. all kinds of stuff. But like your paycheck that you are worried about Risking is not guaranteed anyways. So like you might as well take control of your life and your circumstances and be the one that dictates how and when you get paid anyways. Right. And there's something, you know, like you said, very liberating about that feeling like you have, you're in control of what you can make and there's no cap on it as well. For sure. But for a lot of people, they don't, um, the confidence isn't yet there because they don't have the competence to do so, but they don't realize that the confidence comes through the competence. So it's like, all right, like you may, you may not have the confidence because you haven't done it yet, but the confidence won't come until you have done it. So it's like, all right, you kind of have to step out there, make it happen. And if you want like 
do it like while you have your job anyways, right? So like if you have that, that sense of security with your job, great. Pick up a few clients, see what you can do outside of your normal day and see like, all right, cool. Like I can be in control of my own income. Right. And then if you want, you can build that to a place where like it can replace the income that you're having. And that makes for a seamless transition, seamless, like depending, it doesn't always work out beautiful, but that's the way people like to paint the picture. It's like, Oh, if I can replace $3,000 worth of income, then I can change it over. But like life happens. Right. Um, Like you can build the confidence. Like, all right, like I'm going to go out. I'm going to try this. I, and because of the efforts that you put in, you bring home money. It's like, all right, I can do this. Now you can potentially have the confidence to step away from your job and know that like best case is I can do this, pursue it, make money. Worst case is I'll go get another job or start shipping. Exactly. I don't know how you experienced this, but I know when I was going full-time into personal training 15 years ago, when I was in the industry and I start training somebody, a lot of people I train be like, Oh, is it, uh, are you doing this part-time or is this your part-time job? And I'd be like, uh, no, I do this full-time. This is my full-time business. And it was like, it was personal training or fitness businesses was almost looked upon as like a hobby. And so there may be some like feeling like you need to, uh, even like with my parents, my parents were like, are you sure you're going to start a fitness business? Like, how are you going to make money? It's just like, it was so ingrained in their mind to go work for somebody else or to go work for a corporation, you know, get your retirement, get your um, health benefits. And so it was so out of their you know, realm of normal that it was a little bit hard to overcome. And I think um, that may be true for um, some guys who wanting to go into their business or, you know, just starting their businesses that it may be difficult, like have some difficulty overcoming some of those mental hurdles of what society places on them. Mm-hmm. any advice that you can give those guys? Yeah, for sure. Uh, are you doing it for society or are you doing it for yourself? Like realistically, uh, it's super simple. Like it, and that's not to downplay it because it right. is, it is a lot more, it's a lot harder to actually go through that, but it's not complex. Like just because it's simple, doesn't mean it's easy. And so the reality is that like all of those things do weigh, weigh on you, but ultimately like, are you doing it for yourself? And if you are, then you have to make that decision. You can't let anyone else, you know, you know, weigh on you. And the reality is that like everything is weird or impossible until it's not right. Like six to 10 years ago, if you would have told most parents that they can pay a stranger to take their child to the mall, (laughs) they would think that you were insane. But now people send their kid in Ubers all the time. And like, even like, yeah, a couple years ago, getting into a stranger's car when you're drunk to get home, and paying them would be like, mm, I don't know, that's going to be on 2020. Um, but now, like, everyone does it. Like, oh, I, would, I'm, I wouldn't drive to go to the bar. I'll just Uber there. And so, like, with the fitness industry, with any industry that may seem a little bit weird, like, who cares? Everything is weird uh, until you can prove somebody wrong, right? Right. Ultimately, like you are saying, you have to follow what your heart says. You have to follow what you want, not what society wants or what your parents want, what you want, what you feel you can be successful in and what it is that is currently driving you. For sure. Because I mean, like, would you rather, uh, you know, make society happy and be miserable every day or wake up and be happy and have society think you're weird? Like, who cares? I would rather be weird with a smile uh, than not weird and miserable. Absolutely. Now, Mickey, would, is there any final um, business golden nuggets you'd like to leave the listeners with? Um, yeah, I think, I think the biggest one for me is that you just have to be you know authentic to yourself and don't take no for an answer, like, or don't take any, any obstacles of failure. I mean, we've hit roadblocks probably at every step and we didn't yeah. use 
and as an excuse, we use it for an opportunity to grow. Like if, if we were ever doing something and we got rejected or turned down, it was like, all right, like uh, we use it as an opportunity to learn. It's like, all right, like, well, why not? Uh, how can we get better? Is there something we can do? Like if there is something like even with a customer, if a customer's not happy, it's like, all right, like why not? Is, is there room for improvement? Yeah. Uh, and so like sometimes, sometimes there's like no pleasing certain people, but sometimes you're like, oh, wow, like, you know, you don't like coming to the facility because the bathrooms are a mess. And you walk in like, oh, shit, they are a mess. Like, good <laughs> I'll clean them up. And then, like, problem solved. Uh, and so, like, just always keeping a, a beginner's mindset, always willing to learn and never taking no for an answer. I love that. Thank you. Now, how can the audience connect with you? Uh, just Go Lift Gym on Facebook. Uh, I mean, uh, just go to Jim on Instagram, uh, just go lift on Facebook. Me personally, um, I have a weird uh, Instagram handle, so that the gym would just be easier. Uh, I'm the, I'm, I handle that anyway, so you go on there, we'll, we'll show you some love back. We're always here for any questions. If you have questions, you're in the San Diego area, want a cool spot to come, you know, work out, train, ask questions. We're always open to do whatever we can. Um, one of the things that's a little fun behind the name of Just Go Lift is uh, we, we do our best to help uh, lift everyone up. So it's not just about yeah. uh, exercise or lifting weights. It's about, you know, intuitively doing whatever you can to help your fellow man reach a new height. So, like, we're always here for that. If there's anything that, that you need from us, my, my personal email is mickey at justgolift.com. I'm always here for questions and whatever I can do to help. Mickey, man, I just want to thank you for all the knowledge you dropped on the listeners. And I think that, like I said, I'm really excited about this new series, just interviewing guys that are in the trenches, running their businesses, and just, you know, letting people know our stories, what we're going through, how we're trying to build a business, and letting other personal trainers and fitness business owners know that they're not in this thing alone, that we're all, you know, trying to do our best and just grow as people as well as grow our businesses. For sure. So I will check in with you guys soon and also include all of your links in uh, the show notes. So thanks a lot for your time.